How can we stand against growing anti-Semitism and hatred toward the Jewish people? Find out on today's episode of A View From The Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here with co-host Joseph Kerr. We're honored to join you today. Did you know that California's Ethnic Studies model curriculum holds little resemblance to the initial proposal as a course to build bridges of understanding between people groups? One current sample lesson includes blatant anti-Semitic statements, including promotion of the BDS movement, the boycott, sanction, and divestment movement that seeks to eliminate the nation of Israel. What can we do to stop this effort and others like it? Well, joining us today to help is Lori Cardoza-Moore. Lori is the founder of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and Lori has served as a special envoy to the United Nations for Human Rights and Anti-Semitism and has been noted as one of the top 100 people positively impacting Israel. She was given the Goodwill Ambassador to Israel Award by the Consul General of the Israeli Foreign Ministry for her efforts. And Lori joins us today from Tennessee. Lori, welcome to A View from the Wall. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you joining us, and the work you do is so important. Lori, many of our listeners have heard the news about growing anti-Semitism in our nation and worldwide, but for a moment, let's get started by sharing the story of the work that you do and how you became a Frontline's voice standing for Israel and against anti-Semitism. Absolutely. Well, it all started on 9-11, and it had been years after I had been studying the Bible. I had come to faith, and decided to start serving this God who I had given my life to serve. And when 9-11 happened, I saw the second plane fly into the Twin Towers, and I knew immediately that Amalek had come to our shores. Now, for the audience who's not familiar with Amalek, when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, Amalek attacked the Israelites from the rear. Their military style was to blindside or to um, to attack their enemy from behind. And the people that were traveling, walking through the wilderness that were in the back of the millions of people were women, children, and the elderly and infirm. And God told Israel, you are never to forget what Amalek did to you that he, God, would wage war against Amalek from generation to generation. So when I saw that second plane fly into the second hour, I, the tower, I knew exactly who had come to our shores. But I could never quite figure out at that time why Amalek would attack the United States. We're not Israelites because God didn't say that he would wage war against Amalek because of the United States of America. It was because of Israel. And that began my quest, my journey. And six months after 9-11, I was at a women's Bible study, and someone had mentioned in the study that there was a Christian evangelical woman in Alabama who had introduced a resolution to, to support the state of Israel. And as soon as I heard that, it jumped, it left in my spirit, 
And I heard the Lord say, you are to do that here in Tennessee. And I did. I That was my first lesson in um, anti-Semitism from Christians in the state capital in Tennessee who did not want to support Israel, did not want to pass a resolution to support Israel. But we know in Genesis 12, 3, God says, I'll bless those who bless you. He told Abram. And I will curse him who curses you. And in the Hebrew translation, it would say, and he who ignores you, I will utterly destroy. So we ended up getting it passed, that resolution passed that year. I received a phone call from the, um, the, the director of the Jewish Federation in Nashville that the consul general to Israel was coming to town and wanted to, and requested a, a meeting with me. And it was during that meeting that he asked me when was the last time I'd been in Israel, and I said I've never been. And he was uh, he was shocked. He said, "Well, why would you do all this if you you've never been to Israel? Why would you care?" Now remember, this was during that period of time when it was still very new. All this evangelical Christian support, you know, now it's like you know everyday affair, but but back then it was a rarity. So it shocked him, and he told the Federation, "You are to take her on the next trip to Israel," and so. My first trip to Israel was in 2003 with the Jewish Federation in Nashville, and it was my first um, introduction to the biblical heartland of Israel, from Jerusalem up to the, the very north to the Golan Heights. And that really began my journey, and, but it was as I was in the land, and I was speaking to experts, I was being introduced to some of the media professionals, I was... Um, taken on various tours with, um, with political leaders, introducing me to what life was like on the ground in Israel. And when I left there, I came home. My husband didn't go with me on this trip, but my, when I came home, I told my husband, because we, we have a film production company, and um, I told my husband, I said, honey, we're not going to be doing any more country music videos or documentaries or Christian music videos. I said, God has called us to defend Israel in the media. And that began our journey of producing award-winning documentary films and television programs, all to use to educate Christians from a biblical perspective about the last days and what our role is to play in standing shoulder to shoulder with our Jewish brethren. And actually, you can find there's two scriptures that I want to mention. Isaiah 11, verses 11 through 14, talks about in the last days, Ephraim and Judah would unite together, and we will make war against the enemies coming out of Israel. And that's why we see today this growing number um, support of support within the Christian community specifically, but not only the evangelical community, but it happens to be the evangelical community that we see this this massive growth happening because evangelicals are typically Bible-believing Christians. They read their Bible, they believe it, they take it literally, where with the mainline denominations where you find more sympathy toward the Palestinians because the mainline denominations are not not so much biblically based as they are um, doctrinally based. 
or theologically based, based on what their denomination tells them to believe about the text of the Bible. So that really was, um, that's how we got involved. And, you know, I knew that we were supposed to stand against the anti-Semitism. God told the prophet Joel, this is a scripture. This is, you know, after we named the organization, after we started the nonprofit in 2005, I named the organization Proclaiming Justice to the Nation. Well, it doesn't have anything about Israel or Zion in that title, but it does have the word justice. And a couple years after we had founded the organization, I was studying the book of Joel, chapter 3, verse 9, and and it says there, God says to Joel, proclaim this to the nations, prepare for war. So I knew immediately this Isaiah 11, this Joel 3 um, connection in the Bible was for me. And I have been, I grew up in a military home. Um, I have cousins and uncles. My grandfather um, served in the military. So I understand military strategy. Um, war and so that's how that's God used all of those talents and gifts that he's given to me and my life experience through my family um, the ability to do what we do and it is why I do what I do well, this is wonderful. We've been talking with Lori Cardoza Moore, the director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nation. Stick with us for more right after this break. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. One day, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, or Elijah, or Jeremiah. Okay, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was a defining moment for Peter. His answer determined his future. The question today is, who is Jesus to you? Your answer will determine your eternal future. If to you Jesus was among the greatest of men, then celebrate his birthday and read about his life. But if to you Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, then you must live for him. That's what a watchman does. Visit imawatchman.com for helps and resources. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. imawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As Joe and I continue our conversation with Lori Cardoza-Moore of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, we want to tackle some of these key issues that are related to anti-Semitism and how we can stand for the people of Israel. And one of those that's often confusing for people is this area called the BDS movement. Lori, tell us, what is the BDS movement? Why is it such an issue in us standing for the people of Israel? Well, certainly the BDS movement also known as the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Movement, was an um, initiative that was passed or formulated in Durban, South Africa, back in 2001, actually 10 days before 9-11 hit. And see, all these little parallels kind of fit together. But basically, in Durban, there was a, a terrorist by the name of um, Omar Barghouti, who had helped to 
um, launched this initiative in Durban, South Africa, basically accusing Israel, the Jews, of being apartheid, being an apartheid state, that they were implementing the same tactics against the Palestinians that the the South African government was um, was uh, attacking the South Africans with, and putting them in. Um, bondage, keeping them in bondage. And so the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement was an answer to, to the so-called Israeli apartheid of the Palestinians. So they were calling on leaders, call, world leaders, calling on academics, calling on the medical field to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. Because of this false narrative, this was actually a complete lie and fabrication. In fact, we did, we produced an award-winning documentary called Boycott This with Brad uh, Stein. He was our host. It's a fantastic um, documentary film that explains this whole issue and blows their, their narrative out of the water. But what we're seeing happening today, in fact, um, August 30th and 31st this year will be the 20th anniversary of Durban. And this is what's so disturbing about, about what happened. South Africa is by and large a Christian, Judeo-Christian nation. And yes, you have African tribes who live there. But 80% of South Africans profess to be Christians, many of which as well are evangelical. So you have this sport of Israel in South Africa. And for many, many years, it kind of was dormant. It wasn't um, as vocal. Well, when Barghouti launched this campaign, this initiative, he was able to convince mainline denominations, specifically the World Council of Churches, which is a fraudulent group. They are not comprised of real pastors. They are wolves in, she in sheep's clothing. They are Marxist and they are communists. So he aligns himself with some of these Christian leaders as he's launching this global campaign to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. We held a conference in Pretoria, Johannesburg, and Cape Town, South Africa in November of 2019. I went to the pastors there first before I spoke to the congregants and the Christians who lived in these three cities. And I said to the pastors, how could you sit back and allow the lie to be perpetrated against your Jewish brethren, that they are an apartheid state, that they are that Israel is persecuting the Palestinians, that they're like South Africa? I said, you all know what apartheid looks like. You know the stuff. Israel is not that. Why didn't you speak up? Because you're silent against the the violation of the ninth commandment, bearing false witness against our brother Judah. Because you were silent, the churches around the world believe that maybe there is something to this. Maybe Israel is an apartheid state because the church hasn't said anything in South Africa. And I will tell you, after that conference, the pastors stood up. They admitted, you're right. We didn't speak up. But we are not going to be silent any longer. 
And now what's happening in South Africa, for example, much like what you see happening within the evangelical Christian community here in the United States, is that South Africa is now taking a more active role in speaking out publicly. And we see that with the recent incident with the Chief Justice, Moga Ang in South Africa, who was being interviewed and testified about his faith, his Christian faith, and his love for Israel and the Jewish people, and that he would stand with them. There was such an outcry from the pro-Palestinian South Africans, and they are calling, they have been calling for him to publicly apologize. They even wrote out a statement for him to apologize that he was wrong. And he has dug in his heels and he refuses to apologize for his statement of faith. This is what this is what's happening around the world because of the boycott, divestment, sanctions movement. And we as Christians must not buy into the lie. Israel, there's no place in the Bible that God says that Israel is going to be an oppressor of an Arab people or a Middle Eastern people. God is going to deliver Israel. He has He made a covenant with Israel. That, that covenant is still intact. It is eternal. And God will fulfill his promise. The question is for the Gentile world, it's much like what we what the question was for Pharaoh. How are you going to treat the Jews that you have placed in bondage? And look at how God poured out his wrath on Pharaoh, on all of Egypt, because of the way they treated their Jewish neighbors who were held, that they put in captive, they held in bondage. There is a scripture in the book of Obadiah where God said that in the last days, he was going to wipe out the descendants of Edom because they stood by while their brother Jacob was held in captivity and they did nothing. And my question to believers around the world, how is God going to judge you if you stand by and you do nothing? Well, this is a powerful question. We'll be back with more after this break. Stick with us here on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org.
Welcome back to View from the Wall. As Joe and I talk with Lori Cardoza more in our last segment today, we want to talk about a couple of issues that are closer to home. We've discussed South Africa and some of the issues there, but more recently, the California ethnics curriculum that is being developed for the state of California has been one of those things that have kind of snuck in under the radar for many Christians. Lori has put together a petition that you could sign to help fight against this. It talks about one sample lesson that presents positives of the anti-Semitic Black Lives Matter movement that talks about the Palestinian people as a global social movement, talks about BDS as a positive thing. Is in it's filled with anti-Semitic statements. What are people able to do about these issues here in our own country today? Well, the problem with California and their ethnic studies curriculum is not just in California. This is a nationwide, actually, it's a global problem. As I mentioned about South Africa, we have a chapter in South Africa. They have the same issues because it's the Western countries that are being targeted. This propaganda has been around for almost a decade. We found a textbook in Williamson County, belt buckle of the Bible Belt County, Tennessee, that had a quote that legitimized Palestinians blowing themselves up in a Jerusalem restaurant because they were waging a war against Israeli government policies and army action. As I began to thumb through this textbook, published by Pearson, and Pearson, who owns the majority of textbook companies, in the United States, yes, they have the monopoly. Their four largest shareholders include the government, the Islamist governments of Qatar, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Libya. They, have, they publish this type of propaganda. Now, their propaganda is changing because we've been feeding that horse for a decade, and it has hurt their bottom line. They have had to lay off employees in North America. They've had to sell off their K-12 arm because it was no longer profitable. Every opportunity I get to speak about Pearson, I do, because they should not. They're not even a U.S.-based textbook publishing company. Their shareholders come from the Middle East, but their, their base, their headquarters, is in Great Britain. We need American-made textbooks. But these the, the curriculum that we're seeing it's not only anti-Semitic and anti-Israel, um, it's anti-American, it's anti-Judeo-Christian values, it's pro, it, it promotes the religion of Islam, which is unconstitutional. You couldn't dare say the things about Christianity and Judaism in our textbooks that are allowed to be said and taught about Islam. There would be such an outcry if we did. But no, there is definitely a bias within the curriculum. And now we're teaching our children to hate our country. I said a decade ago when we launched this, if we don't get a handle on these textbooks and this curriculum, we're going to lose our country because they are teaching our children to hate America. They are teaching our children a different narrative about China, that um, about the Chinese people, that they don't have a problem living under communist rule, which is a lie. So the curriculum that we're seeing is not just, as I said, in California. And what can people do? People need to go to our website, sign up to get on our mailing list. We have lots of media that people can watch to become informed, become educated, to see with their own eyes, hear with their own ears, what is being peddled to their children and their grandchildren. And whether you have children in the school system or whether you don't. 
You are a tax-paying citizen in this country, and it is your tax dollars that are going to fund this propaganda to our children. It's causing us to lose our country. Our children are tearing down monuments. They don't even know the monuments that they're tearing down, and they're trying to erase our history. Those monuments represent parts of our history, whether good, whether bad. But the key is, is look at how our country has changed. There is nothing like the United States of America. And if we don't start taking back local control of our children's education or pulling our children out of the school system and homeschooling them, then we are going to lose this country. And what we hoped we would leave for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren is not going to be the America that you and I grew up in. Laura, you feature Isaiah 62.6 on your PGATN uh, literature and many other places on your website. Many watchmen and women listen to this program. They're called to watch, warn, witness, and finish well in these last days. In the last minute or so we have left, would you wrap up our discussion today with a few words of challenge and encouragement to our watchmen? We are living in an hour where we have the opportunity to rebuild this nation and reappoint our watchmen at the gates of our city, but it's going to require us. We have to make the change. Nehemiah was able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in record time, and all he did was convince the people in their neighborhood, just rebuild your wall. And they laid bricks with one hand, and they fought with the sword in the other. That's what I'm asking people to do. Your county is a section of the wall. We must speak up. We are people of faith. God put us on the planet at this hour for such a time as this. We cannot squander the hour. Well, these are wonderful words from Lori Cardoza Moore from Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. And we want to encourage you to check out her website at pjtn.org. Again, that's pjtn.org. And Lori, thanks so much for being with us today. God bless you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And let us say again to all of our listeners, we appreciate you joining us for today's program. We are here to serve you. Listen again and enjoy all of our programs at IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. And join us next week here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.